This is KVRX 91.7 Austin, and you are listening to Dialectica, an examination of the civic, political, and economic issues that matter to us all on global, national, and local levels. Dialectica is brought to you by students of the LBJ School of Public Affairs and is produced in partnership with the LBJ Journal of Public Affairs. We hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, Dialectica audience. My name is Rebecca Takahashi, and I am one of the co-founders of CLASS, Citizens for Local and State Service, a newly run student organization at the LBJ School of Public Affairs. Citizens for Local and State Service is a student-run organization focused on bringing more attention to the importance of involvement in our local communities. CLASS creates hands-on opportunities to involve and familiarize students with the machinery of local government. CLASS has been very busy this semester organizing our feature event, a mayoral candidate debate between the three frontrunners. And I'm Erin Bokey-Burke, another member of CLASS. And I just wanted to emphasize that our organization really has been doing a lot of different things in order to get the students involved locally. We've been arranging group trips in order to see the city council in action, in order to go see the State Board of Education. We went down to San Antonio and saw their council as well. And class members start, led a panel at this year's American Society for Public Administration and Certified Public Manager Conference, which was really an exciting opportunity for us to get out there. Finally, we've also started the Grad Shadow Program, which pairs current LBJ students with local alumni in order to give them a chance to see the breadth of work in local governance being done by our local alumni. And it was really, I know I enjoyed my shadow experience. And my name is Kate Mason, another founding member of CLASS, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the debate and why we thought this would be such a great way to bridge the LBJ students in Austin and the issues facing our local community. We knew that the mayoral debate would allow us to bring Austin to LBJ and offer students the opportunity to interact with community while discussing the policies we are studying right here at school. We couldn't be happier with the response. Students are engaged and excited to get more involved locally, and the Austin community is right here with us. So I'm going to jump right in and tell you about one of the three main candidates for mayor, Carol Keaton Strayhorn, affectionately known as Grandma, uh, is a notable for several firsts in Austin and Texas politics. She is the first woman elected as mayor of Austin, also the first woman elected to the Texas Railroad Commission and Comptroller. Um, also the first woman elected to the Austin School, Bo School Board and president of Austin Community College. In January of 2009, she launched her campaign for mayor, and in her announcement speech, she said that she promised to bring leadership, accountability, and energy to city government in Austin. So that's a little bit about Carol Keaton Strayhorn for our listening audience. What about some of our other candidates? Um. One of the next candidates running for mayor is uh, Lee Leffingwell, who's currently serving on city council. Uh, Councilmember Leffingwell is a native Austinite from the Bolden neighborhood of Austin. Um, he's also a formal naval pilot and Delta Airlines pilot for 32 years. After retiring from uh, Delta Airlines, he became a full-time community volunteer in Austin. Uh, he was first appointed in 1999 to serve on the environmental board and was eventually elected chair. He filled that seat until 2005 when he decided to run for place one for Austin City Council. And the next candidate we're going to talk about is? 
Finally, I'm going to touch on Bruce DeMcCracken and what he's been doing with his race. These are the three candidates that will be present at our debate on Wednesday. Um, Brewster is currently serving in his second term on the Austin City Council and is the mayor pro tem of that body. Brewster has also played a key role in starting and mobilizing energy behind the Pecan Street Project, an innovative approach to um, updating the energy infrastructure and introducing new technology here to Austin. So that's a brief uh, overview of the three candidates that will be featured at our debate on Wednesday. Uh, we also had the opportunity to sit down with David Kobrowski, a local Austin community activist, to talk about some of the issues facing Austin today and in the future, as well as uh, the viewpoints that some of the candidates might bring should they be elected mayor. Before we go on to the interview, it's time to talk about our KVRX pledge drive. The number is 512-495-KVRX. Our donation goal for this half hour is a measly $200. That's eight $25 donations. And we hope our listening audience can do this. On our part, I can tell you that KVRX has given us at Dialectica Radio a wonderful opportunity. Students at the LBJ School of Public Affairs have a wide and deep knowledge of a variety of fascinating topics, but no LBJ student has the time to do a radio show by themselves. But KVRX has worked with us, and they've allowed us to pool our time and talents, which gives you, the listener, an opportunity to see just how many important issues are going on right under your own nose here in Austin. And that wouldn't happen without KVRX. So call 512-495-KVRX and donate. It's tax-deductible. $25 will get you a subscription to the KVRX call letter and a copy of Local Live Volume 13. Donate $50, and you can add a local business premium and a surprise past Local Live album to that. Donate $75 for everything I've mentioned, plus a KVRX t-shirt. Make it an even hundred, and you get all of the above. The call letter, two local live albums, the premium, the t-shirt, and we'll throw in a full local business package on top of that. If you don't have that kind of cash lying around, you can still contribute. For a measly $5, you can call 512-495-KVRX and get a personal message read out on the air at a time and date of your choosing, as long as the content is uh, kosher with the FCC. And look for the KVRX donation buckets. They're at Cheapo Discs, Ozone Bikes, Breeding Company, Four Sons Cleaners, Mesa Cleaners, Royal Blue Grocery, Fresh Plus Grocery, Groovy Lube, Peddler Bike Shop, Red River Market, Big Bites, Trip Custom T-Shirts, Wish, Pipes Plus, and Vulcan Video. Our donation buckets will be on our friends' countertops until Sunday, April 26th. But you don't have to wait until you run across a bucket. You can donate right now to 512-495-KVRX. That's 512-495-5879. If you're listening in on podcast, you can call in anytime, 24 hours a day, between now and April 25th, and let the station know that you like having Dialectica on the air. And now, back to the show. Well, we are excited to introduce Dave, David Kobierski, one of the most politically active citizens in Austin. Uh, David used to work in a lucrative position at a technology firm to become a full-time unpaid community activist who hosts weekly forums called David Has Issues, <laughs> a public access show, Truth Austin, and your own radio programs on co-op radio, neighbor Neighborly Conversations, and Texas Politics Today. Uh, David was also nice enough to serve as our premarital debate uh, city issue panel mo debate moderator on Wednesday, um, where LBJ students were presented with diverse perspectives 
on issues such as economic development, voter turnout, um, and where Austin's headed in the future. So welcome, David, and thanks for being here. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Okay. Um, I kind of want to first start out talking about some general issues facing the city um, nowadays. Um, in your view, what are some of the most important issues facing Austin in the next year um, and in the next five years? The environment is a big issue for Austin. There's a lot of activists here in Austin that take the environment very seriously. So a lot of the candidates right now are focusing on green energy and green jobs and trying to really preserve the character of Austin. So the environment is a big issue for sure. Also, the process of being able to get involved at what, what's happening at City Hall. A lot of times, decisions are made without individuals being involved throughout the neighborhoods, throughout the community. So trying to build more of an inclusive government that allows everyday individuals that don't have all the time to go to City Hall to be able to be involved in the process. So that's a big issue as well. And overall, just the, the ability for the communication to get out. There's, we have all these commissions at City Hall that individuals can serve on, and a lot of folks aren't aware of that. So I think the communication of getting the messages out to the rest of Austin, I think, is also a big topic that folks need to really help to make that happen. Um, I would like to next move on to how you would characterize the relationship between city officials and the public. Do you think that the citizens are being heard? It's, uh, I think for the most part they're not. I, I think unfortunately there's too much power in the hands of a few at City Hall. Uh, lobbyists and individuals that have a fair amount of money and a fair amount of influence. And you know, our government is by the people for the people. And I, I like to see individuals involved at City Hall, whether it's something as simple as a stop sign you're changing. Um, on your street or something as, as, as big as a major change in the, the development of, let's say, a, a major downtown um, development or something like that. It's whatever the, whatever the issue is that you're most focused on and most passionate about, I want to see folks involved. So I do think we can make a lot of improvements in driving more public participation and more inclusion in our local government. Following up, what would that look like? Are we talking about different forms of communication? The, I think one area would be <clears throat> having folks actually attend City Hall council meetings. They're not the most exciting sometimes. The, the more you go, it's kind of like visiting, you know, if you go to ever get to a NASCAR race before, and you, if you're on the outside, you're watching the cars go around, and it's very boring. But once you get involved in the pits and you actually see how they build the motor and all the intricacies that, goes, that go on there, all the mechanics of it, it becomes much more interesting. So I want to see more individuals involved in the process at City Hall, at the meetings, having to say, testifying at citizen communications, and learning what the issues are. Um, as part of class's mission to educate our peers about uh, local government issues, one of the things we do is host uh, field trips to city council meetings. Do you think this is a good way to sort of engage um, our, not just our population, but sort of the citizens in general. What are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, Rebecca, that's a great idea. I, I think there's an intimidation factor that is there. Once you bring folks into the actual city hall premises and, and have them involved in it, it's much easier for them to actually come back again and again. And I think also tapping into what their passion is. Maybe it's healthcare, maybe it's the environment, maybe it's transportation, uh, maybe it's sustainable living, whatever that passion is, if you can find Every week on, they have an agenda at City Hall, and you can go through the agenda ahead of time and pick what that, whatever the issues that will be voted on and have them involved in it. That will help to bring them back again and again. So to sort of follow up on that, um, obviously there's 
always ways to engage the public more into the process of city government. Uh, but overall, do you feel we have an accountable city government? I think there's opportunity for improvement there with the accountability. There is, unfortunately, it's not always easy to see even all the votes that city council members are making and the question of who are they representing. You know, like I was saying earlier, are they representing the lobbyists and the ones that have most of the power and the money in the city, or are they actually representing the people of the city? So I think we can certainly work to help them to be more accountable to the people of Austin. And do you think that the low voter participation and low turnout in Austin is one of the reasons that we have accountability issues? I think people have sort of given up. They feel like their voice doesn't count. And they're also feeling like it's not going to make a big difference if they did something. So if, if you can involve someone, some, some of your, your class in the actual process, I think that'll, <clears throat> that'll potentially drive more actual voter turnout. That's a pretty <clears throat> dismal line of thought we were just on right there. And I was just wondering, do you have any really positive, hopeful stories about a citizen who did take it upon themselves to get involved looked at something particular to their life, said, I want the city to be able to work on this, took it to the city, and they worked it out? There was um, Brian Rogers, who was part of our panel this past week. Uh, he founded a group called Stop Domain Subsidies, and his group is now transferred into, transitioned into changeaustin.org. But it's all about minimizing the amount of subsidies and incentives for major retailers, which is our taxpayers' money. So he's been very involved for a number of years in that process and he's brought a lot of other individuals into the loop as well to hopefully drive more of an accountable government and a government that's wor that's working more using our taxpayers money uh, more accordingly based on what our needs are in the city. Um, so, so moving on to more uh, specific questions about the mayoral candidates who will be featured at the debate. Sure. Um, Brewster McCracken, Carol Keaton Strayhorn, and Lee Leffingwell. Mm -hmm. How would you characterize the leadership style of each of these candidates? The Lee is someone that's being labeled as a nuts and bolts leader, someone that they've used uh, the phrase hunker down, where he's someone, he said himself that he's, he's not a big entertainer, <clears throat> he's not very exciting, but he gets the job done. So <clears throat> that's his leadership strategy, is more being able to focus on the services that are important to, to Austin's, um, you know, to, to the folks in Austin that are, that are appreciative of the services that we have now. Uh, he's a great candidate for them. So that's his leadership style. is about services, basic services for Austin. Where Brewster really shines is focusing on the green jobs. He's been very involved with the Pecan Street Project, which is attracting more and more green jobs to Austin, green energy jobs. So he's been working very closely with high-tech companies, biotechnology companies, to drive more of this whole new revolution in our technology cycle. <clears throat> so Brewster's been relatively branded as a, a leader in the sense of bringing companies into Austin. Uh, he's fine with incenting companies to be able to drive that type of a revenue source uh, using taxpayers' money to do that. He's been really known as kind of the, the green technology, green biotech uh, leader that has the vision to take that forward in the future. Uh, Carol Keaton Strayhorn has been somewhat hard to figure out. She's not been attending too many of the forums. I'm glad she's going to be attending the one at the LBJ school uh, coming up next week, but it's something that 
folks are still trying to figure out exactly what her main uh, focus is. She talks a lot about being able to dig into the budget from the bottom up and, and scrub the budget and find different areas. Right now, we've had a lot of challenges locally with trying to maintain our budget. Do we cut libraries? Do we cut firefighters? Do we cut police? And so she's saying that she's going to be very strong in finding where the money can be cut as she was state controller here in Texas. So she's got a lot of financial background. So she's really leading with that ability to cut the fat out of the budget is really what, what her main leadership style is going to be. Um, other than the worsening economy as a major issue, there are really no sort of major issues, Austin-specific issues um, that are sort of being debated. This is kind of going to be turned into a, a personality race rather than issue-based. And do you agree with that statement or disagree? I agree. Unfortunately, there is no major issue that's driving this race. In the past, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, Austin had the SOS ordinance that drove a lot of people out to the polls. They had a smoking ordinance a few years ago that drove a lot of folks to the polls. They had the, in November this past year, there was the the stop domain subsidies that was on the November ballot, the Prop 2, and that drove a lot of individuals to the polls. But right now, there are very, there are a lot of diluted issues with, with regards to the environment and transportation and being involved more in the process at City Hall and who's going to be able to be um, the best to include communities and neighborhoods. So those are a lot of important, those are very important issues, but nothing that's really driving, there's no primary issue that's really driving this election series. And that's unfortunate because it doesn't bring as many people out to the polls. I'm wondering if you think there is an issue that we could tap into, because we know that there are things that people are unhappy with. Could we make an issue the forefront to get people out to vote and to really find out and uncover what their different positions are on things and how they would take something difficult on? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a, I mean, how, how do issues, what is an issue? You know, what is it? Is it something because it makes the front page of the paper all of a sudden becomes a big issue? So I think the question of what's most important to Austin, what, what is our most, what would, what would we fight for? What is something, and what's the, the lowest common denominator across all individuals throughout, throughout Austin, and be able to potentially focus on that, maybe have some educational events, have some forums about a particular issue. I think the environment, possibly the economy, but we're not hit as hard here in Austin as other cities, so we're not feeling it quite as badly. But I, I find a pick one major issue that gets folks um, the most fired up in Austin, it's typically been the environment. That if, if they're going to build um, a major, you know, be it a Walmart or a Lowe's or Home Depot on, on top of the aquifer, you're going to see a lot of folks come out and get very frustrated. There was also the uh, blood draws recently, um, the mandatory blood, blood withdrawals that the police um, department here, uh, Chief Acevedo, City of Austin Chief, has been pushing for, and that's gotten a lot of attention. So there's some of those issues, but I think the environment is typically the one that really folks will come out in, in masses to support. So do you know where the three candidates stand on the blood withdrawals? They have, uh, I know Lee has been uh, someone that is against them, and Carol Strayhorn, Carol Keaton Strayhorn as well. I'm not sure where Brewster is on it, but I know both Lee and, uh, and Carol have been against it. That's interesting because Lee Leffingwell is endorsed by the police, police association yeah right but he has said that he is not in favor of these blood withdrawals interesting so speaking of personalities um austin itself as a city has a very unique personality and one of the sort of main driving forces is the character of austin mm-hmm. when it comes to politics and i'm just sort of want to get your perspective on what do you think the character of austin is 
and sort of what each of these these candidates could bring to add to that character. I think a lot of it's music. I mean, I moved down here from Boston, Massachusetts. I love the music, a lot of music. We talk about being a live music capital of the world, and I think there is some truth to that. But I think we're also being challenged right now, where we just had, you know, there was a major issue right now. I came up with Freddie's uh, restaurant and 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 uh, bar over on South First Street, where they had to turned down about over 80 different performances there because the noise ordinance is that the city had passed. So there's a question of how you balance our live music industry with being fair to neighborhoods. If you're living next door to this restaurant and they're playing live music all night, it's not fair to you and your family. So how do you balance that? But I think to preserve the character of Austin, we've got to take our music seriously and our culture and be able to really re reward the type of behavior that allows for neighborhoods to to be able to live closely with the music scene and still have a, a thriving music scene to attract individuals to Austin. I'm sorry to interrupt the interview, but we need to take a moment to talk about donations for our KVRX pledge drive. The number is 512-495-KVRX. All donations are tax deductible. $25 will get you a subscription to the KVRX call letter and a copy of Local Live Volume 13. Donate $50, and you can add a local business premium and a surprise past local live album. Donate $75 for everything I've mentioned, plus a KVRX t-shirt, and make it an even hundred, and you get all of the above. The call letter, two local live albums, the premium, the t-shirt, and we'll throw in a full local business package on top of that. Now, if you don't have that kind of cash, you can still contribute for a measly $5. You can call 512-495-KVRX and get a personal message read out on the air at a time and date of your choosing, as long as the content is all right with the FCC. So call in right now, 512-495-KVRX. That's 512-495-5879. If you're listening in on podcast, you can call in anytime, 24 hours a day, between now and April 25th, and let the station know that you like having Dialectica on the air. And now, back to the interview. So, David, uh, if you're mayor and you need to cut $20 million from the city budget, what do you cut and why? And that, that's been the big question lately. We started, you know, there was the big discussion about what we're going to cut, and the decision initially was, oh, we'll just we'll cut some from the libraries. And the thing is, every time you make a decision on what you're going to cut, someone's going to be frustrated. You know, if you decided to cut the police, the police are frustrated. If you decided to cut, you know, the... Um, Libraries, individuals that depend on libraries are frustrated. So what I am hoping for is one thing that Lee Laughingwell was able to really champion was conserving water. He actually laid out a plan where you'd water your lawn like every other day, certain days of the week where you couldn't couldn't water your water your lawn. Very simple, and they just made that as a request, put in the newspaper and all that to ask folks, please do not water your lawn on this day, water on this day, and that saved us millions and millions of gallons of water, which meant that we're not going to probably need to purchase or build a major water treatment plant, hopefully. So and that's a that's a few hundred million dollars for a new water, for a water treatment plant. So I'm hoping that we can find more of these types of proactive thoughts from folks like from your class and from other individuals that are attending City Hall meetings and come up with these proactive, um, progressive ideas on how we can help to not have to make these types of cuts. What I'm hearing from most folks, if they have to make a cut, it's probably going to be the salaries of police officers because we are the highest paid police force in the state. 
And that's an area, unfortunately, it's not ideal, but that's where it comes down to. Most folks are saying, yeah, if we had to make a cut, I'd rather them cut the police force salaries, not the individual, not the, not the actual numbers of police officers, but salaries as opposed to libraries or other, other services. So, David, I loved your analogy before with uh, NASCAR being on the outside, being on the inside, and how mm-hmm. that's very different. One, it says in the mission statement of class that we create hands-on opportunities to involve and familiarize students with the machinery of local government. Why do you think that's important for our communities and our citizens that they're on the inside, seeing how it actually works? I think, great question, Kay. I think once folks take ownership of something, it becomes that much more important to them. I saw this a lot when I was working in corporate America, that if you involve individuals throughout the corporation in the process, even something as simple as the color you're going to paint, you know, the hallways of your, of your building, all of a sudden they are more involved in it and, they, and they, they, it, it matters more to them. So I think finding that hook of what's going to drive that public participation and keep them there to get them on the inside of the track That is, I think, the secret sauce to be able to have a strong public uh, participation in Austin. Well, thank you again, David, for joining us for this interview. It's been very insightful, and you've helped enlighten uh, not only policy students, but the greater dialectica uh, dialectica audience out there. Sure. I'm I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad what you guys are doing. I look forward to uh, seeing you all at City Hall. Thank you. Don't forget to vote May 9th. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, The debate will take place at the LBJ Presidential Library and Museum on April 22nd, 2009 at 6.30 p.m. It will be broadcast live on KXAN as well as online on KXAN's website at kxan.com. Dialectica has been brought to you by the students of the LBJ School of Public Affairs in partnership with the LBJ Journal of Public Affairs. Sources for our show can be found on our website, which can be accessed through kbrx.org. Any opinions offered on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of the LBJ School of Public Affairs, the University of Texas, or KBRX Student Radio. Thank you to our producers and our guests, and remember, you are listening to KBRX Austin.